The Bearcats are back at it tonight on the hardwood against USF. We'll get a preview of that game plus some news on the football front as the Bearcats have landed a recruit for the class of 2023. That coming up on today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats. You are Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Alex Frank here with you on this Wednesday, February 9th of 2022. The Bearcats are in Tampa, Florida tonight to take on the USF Bulls. The game is at 7 o'clock tonight. You can stream the game live on ESPN+. Plus. You can hear the game live locally on 700 WLW. Dan Horde, Terry Nelson will have the call from the Yingling Center down in Tampa as Cincinnati looks to bounce back from a dominant loss from getting dominated against Houston on Sunday. And this is a game tonight that I hate. I don't like these kinds of games at all, and I, and I cannot wait till the day, which is going to be sooner rather than later, that we don't have these kinds of game, games again. This is what being a team that aspires to make the NCAA tournament perennially, this is a team, this is a game for a team that typically, as opposed to this year and last year, is towards the top of the conference perennially. This is the, but, but, a team that aspires to make the NCAA tournament and is perennially at the top of their conference, but in a mid-major conference, this is a game that you. This is a game that I hate because of what can happen and the lingering effects that it can have. So, if you remember two years ago, Cincinnati. I'm sorry, three years ago. God, it's hard to believe it was three years ago. Um, Cincinnati loses to East Carolina on the road. 73-71. It was the second game of it was the second game of conference play. Cincinnati goes down there. They get off to a good start in that game. It's 9-0. And they lose the game. They did not play well at all. ECU made base made essentially every three they threw at the rim. Um, there was a no-foul call on Jaron Cumberland driving to the rim on the final possession of regulation. If it had been called, he would have been sent to the line, sent to the line for two free throws. Maybe he would have made them. I don't know. We we won't ever know. They lose that game. And I remember that whole season, for as fun as it was, because that team wasn't supposed to be very good. They were supposed to be good, but they weren't supposed to be as good as they were. They were 28 and 7. Finished second in the regular season standings, won the conference tournament, um, earned a seventh seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, got a essentially a home game in the first uh, in the first round playing in Columbus. They lost to Iowa. That was a very entertaining team that really got better and better as the season wore on. But that loss carried through the remainder of the season. It's one of those losses, particularly in conference play, that you go through the season and they win a bunch of and they win a bunch of really close games. They win some marquee games. They win the conference tournament. But throughout the season, it was like, man, that loss to ECU stings. It never went away. 
And that's the danger when you play a team towards the bottom of the conference, like the Bearcats are going to tonight against USF. USF comes into this matchup. They are horrible. They are not good. Like, I looked at their stats. I, I look at the stats, of course, before every game. And they are a stark contrast of Houston. They are not good. They can't score. They can't shoot. They turn the ball over more, more than they dish out assists. And that adds up to not being a good team. 7-14 is their record. They're 2-7 in American Athletic Conference play. They're 2-8 in their last 10 games overall. They only have one player who scores in double figures. They only have one player who pulls down more than five rebounds. Their three-point field goal percentage is under 24%. Yes, you heard that correctly. Their field goal percentage overall is 37.6. They only shoot 65% from the line. They, o- they only score 57 points a game. They give up 63.7. They get out-rebounded. They are outshot by their opponents, both from three-point range by almost 10% and from overall field goal percentage. This is not a very good team. But the danger is if you lose to it, if you lose to this kind of team, because sometimes, and this happened early, and this happened with the Bearcats um, in football this year. When they played Indiana and Notre Dame, they were great. I know they, I know they fell behind 14 to nothing to Indiana, but they were once they turned it on, the Indiana had no answer. I mean, the Bearcats from the second quarter on in that game, looked like a, a college football playoff team. At Notre Dame, they never trailed in that game. When they played Temple after Notre Dame on a short week to back that win up, they were relentless in the second half. Against UCF, with the college football playoff national championship trophy on, trophy on site, that game was on ABC. That game had numerous NFL teams with scouts at the game. They were dominant start to finish. But then they play Navy, Tulane, Tulsa, and USF four straight games. They were on ESPN 2. That were Saturday noon games, Saturday at 3.30, Friday night at 6. And they just didn't they just didn't look their best. They look they look like they were playing down to their level of competition. And it's very easy to do that. If there's anything I've learned over the years from being a sports fan, and it's and it's a and it's frustrating from a fan's perspective, when your team plays down to the level of its competition, it's frustrating because you think, well, they should beat this team easily, and they don't. It happened with the Bengals earlier this season. They beat the Ravens by 24 on the road, and then they go to the Jets. And they could not stop Mike. They could not stop Mike White. Mike White. That that's I mean sports are like that, and that's why this game tonight scares me. Because if you lose this game to a bottom feeder, to a team that's in last place in the conference right now, to a team that is simply not very good there's going to be some lingering effects. It's very easy to play down to your level of competition, especially in a must-win game. Two years ago, the Bearcats played at USF on a Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. It was on ESPN News, I think. 
And they trailed in that game by 13 in the second half. They won by 12. But still, they trailed by 13. They trailed by 13 to a USF team that was not very good. USF was USF was decent two years ago. They won eight games in the conference. But they have been abysmal since they came to the conference in 2014. Haven't made the NCAA tournament. Have They've made the semifinals of the conference tournament just once. And they've rarely been a factor in the conference race. But I'll tell you why I am... Uh, Looking forward to not having to deal with these kinds of games later on, plus more on this matchup and my score prediction next here on Locked On Bearcats. But first, you know, this is the time of year that um, I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions. Spoiler alert, I don't make New Year's resolutions, so really I haven't. Uh, but not this year. I am sticking to my resolution to eat right. Uh, I may or may not be doing a good job of that. Thanks to Built Bar. Those are good. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating Bilt Bars. And I wanted to ask you, have you tried the Puffs? Because if you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bars' best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. Doesn't that, doesn't that sound good and healthy? They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Imagine you get a treat, and you're still eating healthy. Wow. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, yummy, cinnamony, Churro, mm, churros, you hit me there. Coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, so good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, puffs included. Low-calorie, high-protein, replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories, not Built Bars. They only contain 130 calories. Mint brownie, coconut Coconut almond and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. Doesn't that sound good? They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Bill Bar, they are all about the taste. That's a company I can get behind. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. How about that? And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. They do. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. It's Super Week brought to you by GetUpside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals, they're there too. Locked On Rams as well in L.A. all week. Covering the big game, Jake James Rapine, Jake Lisko out on Radio Row in Los Angeles. Uh, great to see Radio Row back up and running this year at the Super Bowl. I know Mo Egger is traveling out to L.A. tonight. I'm sorry, he flew out. He flew out Tuesday night. Excuse me. I'm recording this Tuesday night, so you're hearing this at the time. He's in Los Angeles. He's hosting a show from there on Thursday from 3 to 6 from Radio Row. That's going to be fun. Uh, the weather there is fantastic from what I've heard. So um, hopefully we'll get to more on that with James and Jake um, in the Locked On Now later this week. Caroline Fenton from Locked On LSU is going to join me on Friday for an LSU perspective of when Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase were Bayou Bengals. She covered them when she was with, she, when she was a student at LSU, so we'll talk to her on Friday. Anyway, this game tonight, um, like I said, it's a game that I can't wait for the day when we don't have these kinds of games. 
because Cincinnati is, they are better than the AAC. And you can say, well, they're not really that good. Well, maybe they're not. But if they were in the Big 12 this year, 15 and 7, and 5 and 4 in the American Athletic Conference in the, in the Big 12, that's, turn, that's a tournament team. That is a tournament team. The reason why they're not, though, is because they're in a mid-major conference that's only that's only going to send one team to the tournament. I mean, the Mountain West is going to send multiple teams. The Big East is going to send multiple teams. The A-10 may send multiple teams. Hell, the Ohio Valley Conference may send multiple teams. That's the American Athletic Conference. It's just, it, 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 it's just there, there's no identity to it. Justin Williams said this to me um, three years ago. The conference is amorphous. There's no identity to it. I mean, I mean, I, I, what, what is it? You can say it's physical, but at the same time, you see Houston playing a, a blend of physicality and finesse. And then these other teams that just, you know, they don't draw large crowds. I mean, the Big East, for not being a mid, for not being a Power Five conference, they draw big crowds because they have name brand programs. The reason, another reason why I'm looking forward to these games not happening anymore when UC joins the Big Twelve is you think about these bottom feeder programs. Why are we? Why is Cincinnati playing USF? Why is Cincinnati playing ECU? USF has only made the NCAA tournament, I believe, twice in their uh, three times in their entire program history. ECU has only made it twice. Tulane, another team. They haven't made the tournament since the mid-90s. Why are we playing these teams every year? Why? The whole point of moving to the Big East was better competition. Now, yes, South Florida was a part of the Big East. They were very good towards the end. They made the tournament in 2012, lost in the third round, won two games. The Big East didn't have ECU and Tulane? No. When UC goes to the Big 12, they're not going to deal with these bottom feeders that are in a mid-major conference because this conference was formed. It was scrap heap. That's what it was. And Cincinnati, having been ranked a top 10 program all time by CBS Sports' Matt Norlander prior to the start of last season, you would think that they deserve to play in a better conference. Arizona plays in the Pac-12. UCLA's in the Pac-12. Kansas, Big 12. Ohio State, Big 10. Even Xavier. I know you listen to this podcast of poor Xavier like I do. But they're in the Big East. They got a great situation in the Big East. If they were in the AAC and they lost to a team like DePaul, they may not go to the NCAA tournament. But because they play in the Big East, because they play a more rigorous conference schedule, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. You don't get the benefit of the doubt in this conference, and that's why there's astronomical pressure to win a game like this at USF. But USF has been a thorn in the Bearcats' side over the years. You remember 2018, the Bearcats won by 20. Did you remember they trailed by 10 early in that game? 2019, when Mick Cronin was ejected, the Bearcats won by eight. That USF team with um, Michael Durr and Alexis Yetna 
and David Collins, that team was pretty damn good. And they gave a lot of teams fits that year. Cincinnati only beat them by eight. And don't and then don't even get me started on what happened last year. Or two years ago. The Bearcats go into USF. They need to win that game. Their tournament hopes are hanging on by a thread. It's on life support. They're down um, 13 with, I don't remember exactly how many minutes left. It was in the second half, midway through. They're down 13. They win, they win by 12. But just the fact that they had to scratch and claw their way back against a team like USF that wasn't very good. And it's that thought of a fan that if you lose – to a team like USF, it's not an easy. It, it's an uneasy feeling, and I've and I've been through it many times. You're not going to get that in the Big Twelve. You're not going to get that where I mean, say for instance, this past Monday, say for instance, Baylor had lost to West Virginia. It wouldn't have been good. West Virginia is having a down year. It wouldn't have been a good loss, but eh, okay, you lose a conference game to West Virginia. No big deal. You lose a conference game to USF. That's not good. Cincinnati, I've always believed, has deserved to be in a Power 5 conference. They're finally getting there. From a basketball, from a basketball perspective, hell yes, they do. Now, from a football perspective, they do too. It's Cincinnati. They're not Central Florida. They're not South Florida. They're not Tulane or SMU. It's Cincinnati, which has been a name brand college basketball program, <clears throat> excuse me, since the mid 90s. And you, if you want to go back even further, since the early 60s, they don't deserve to be in a, in a position every year where they have to win every game that they're supposed to. And if they don't, they may not go to the NCAA tournament. That's a tough position to be in. It's for uh, it's for other teams that are in Power Five conferences that if they that that they have more margin for error, they get more benefit of the doubt. You don't get that here in the American Athletic Conference. This is a game the Bearcats should win tonight, and I do think they will win. Do I think they'll win by a comfortable margin? No, that's just what it, that's just what I've been seeing over the years. When they play a team like USF, you know it's not going to be easy. I, mean, I know this. I, mean, I know the, the the Cincinnati sports curse has been lifted, but they still don't make it easy on you. This Cincinnati team just went into Greenville, North Carolina, a week and a half ago, and won by a single point. They lost to Temple, which is no excuse. And Cincinnati deserves to be playing in front of large crowds. Every night. That's what they're going to get in the Big 12. When you when, when you look at, you know, net rankings, for instance. Net rankings. We'll start there. USF has a net ranking of, two, of 233. Lowest in the AAC. They have no quad one wins, no quad two wins. Cincinnati, by the way, they're 73. Not bad. Could be better. The bottom of this conference drags it down. The bottom of the Big 12 right now is Iowa State and West Virginia. That's fine. Iowa State may still go to the tournament. West Virginia could too. 
Three years ago, West Virginia was the 10th of 10 teams in the Big 12. They made the Big 12 semifinals. Proof that anything can happen. Proof that you're never out of it. If you're 10th in the AAC, you're a goner. If you're 2nd in the AAC, you're a goner. Why is that? Why is Cincinnati in a conference where if they happen to finish in 2nd or 3rd place, they may not go to the NCAA tournament? A tournament they should make every year. That's why I can't wait for them to join the Big 12 and not play these kinds of games. USF is a mid-major program that, that, it, that should be in a mid-major conference like the American. UC is a major program that should be in a Power 5 conference like the Big 12. And the other thing is, too, why I don't like these games. One, weak team in the conference, and you could play down to your level of competition. Two, the game would the game is like on ESPN News. Who the hell watches ESPN News? Maybe you do for gambling shows. That's fine. That's understandable. I respect that. But I'm not watching ESPN News if it, except if, if it's for a game. ESPN News? No. ESPN Plus? Which, by the way, I like that television deal. I like that it's giving these, these schools exposure and ways for fans to stream games. But I just, something about that, it's like, no, a program like Cincinnati should be on ESPN or CBS or whatever channel frequently, not ESPN+. Plus. Um, another thing, too, like I've said, USF can be pesky. They've been a pesky. They've been a thorn of the Bearcat side for years. Hell, Cincinnati lost to them last year. Did not play well defensively in that game. It was in early. It was a mid-December conference opener game. Cincinnati loses by three. They didn't play well defensively. They gave up 44 points in the first half, and it simply started the um, tumultuous roller coaster of that season. And if you are to lose this game tonight, it's a huge knock on your resume. This Bearcats team can still make the tournament. I mean, they have nine games remaining. If they went out and are 24-7, and seven, in any other Power 5 conference, that's tournament worthy. But in this conference, it's not. Um, what I want to see from Cincinnati tonight, shot selection has to be better. I want to see the guards drive to the rim. I want to see a front court presence. Doesn't have to be a finished product, but just something, just somewhat of a presence. I think Cincinnati wins this game tonight. I'll say 65-55. Um, I don't know why I think it's going to be only a 10-point game, but I've seen close games between these two teams before. Recap of the game on tomorrow's show. Um, hopefully we're talking about some positivity. With this team, something positive. Um, a two-game winning streak. Or I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, the start of what could be a two-game road winning streak heading into a three-game, six-day stretch next week. Up next, news on the football front. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you a tweet Lance McAllister tweeted. I'll get into that more tomorrow. But I'm going to set the stage for that. Next, here. Unlocked on Bearcats after I tell you about betonline.net because BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in four days. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. So don't wait 
to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online where the game starts. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Alex Frank here with you. So the Bearcats have landed in football a a commit for the class of 2023 in tight end Kamari Anderson, um, high three star um, tight end recruit out of Detroit, six foot four, two hundred thirty pounds. Um, I think he'll put on some weight once he gets here. I mean, two thirty is a little light for a tight end. Um, I, I think that I think he'll eventually be like 250. I'm not trying to project here. I'm not um, Brady Collins or um, Mike Rayfeld, but I imagine he'll he'll have some beef put on him. Um, Michigan native recently attended the Bearcats Junior Day recruiting event for 2023 prospects and also attended a game at Cincinnati last season. Currently graded as a three star per 24/7 Sports Composite, also ranks him into a top 375 player. In the class of 2023, 21st among tight ends and eighth in the state of Michigan. Um, Coach Luke Fickle and the entire Bearcat staff were involved in recruiting him. Um, chose offers over Michigan and Pittsburgh. Sixth commit is Kamari Anderson to the 2023 class. His brother Raheem, older brother Raheem, plays for the Wolverines. Um, and he is uh, um, another recruit out of Detroit. Sauce Gardner came from there. Um, so this only bolsters what was a top 15, a top 15, um, class that the Bearcats have for 2023. It's interesting to think about because now you're seeing players in Michigan. They can go to Michigan, but they're choosing to come to Cincinnati. And it's because players who have come before them, they're seeing, oh, they developed into this player, caliber of a player. Sauce Gardner went from being fifth or sixth on the depth chart to being a first-round draft prospect. Think about that for a minute. In just three years, you go from being way down on the depth chart. Remember Sauce Gardner's pick six against UCF. In 2019, I remember Dan. You listen to Dan Hort's call of that. He's telling you about about Ahmad Gardner because we don't know who he is. I remember on our radio broadcast at Bearcast Media, yours truly, Zach Freeze. Great broadcast we had, and Zach called. Zach was doing play by play that quarter. Zach had to tell our audience who had the pick six, where he was from, because we had not heard of him. We did not know who Ahmad Gardner was. Then we found out his nickname. Now we know he's a first-round draft prospect who did not allow a single touchdown in his Bearcats career. But this is proof that you can spurn offers from right in your backyard, even if it's a Power 5 school, even if it's the all-time winningest program in college football, which is what Michigan is. And you can go to a school like Cincinnati. You can develop into a first-round draft prospect. 
That is what legacies of Sauce Gardner and Desmond Ritter and Kobe Bryant and other players, Alec Pierce, Myjay Sanders, they are going to tell other, they're going to tell up-and-coming recruits in the future in their hometowns. Listen, McKayson Bean from Detroit, if you get offered by Michigan, who, yes, did just make the college football playoff, so too did Cincinnati. And you don't have to stay in your backyard. You can go somewhere else. You can move away from home. You can you know, go to a different area of the country, get to a different scene. And you can become a really good player and potentially a an NFL draft prospect, maybe even a first-round draft prospect. And this is only going to be more of a factor when UC joins the Big 12. You're going to have two Power 5 schools in the state of Ohio and you're going to have programs who have made the college, made the college football playoff before, programs who play in high notch and high level bowl games every year. I mean, there are other states in the country that have multiple Power Five teams, but quite honestly, um, but here in Cincinnati, here in Ohio, a football state. Where football is so passionate, like like I mentioned on a, on a previous show, recruiting battles are going to be insane to watch. When a player, you know, we care so much about high school football in the city, and we're going to wonder, are they going to go to Cincinnati or are they going to go to Ohio State? It's going to be a recruiting battle. And to add to it, Luke Fickle used to coach at Ohio State. And Ohio State is coming off a year where they felt like they should have, you know, achieved more than they did. And rightfully so with the team they had, especially the offensive team they had. You talk about next year, C.J. Stroud returning for them and Jackson Smith and Jigba. I believe he's returning. Uh, that's going to be a pretty decent team up in Columbus. I think Cincinnati will be a pretty decent team down here in Cincinnati, too. That was redundant. Um, but this, but this signing by Kamari Anderson, it, it, it just, um, keeps the high level recruiting rolling and that's only going to mat and it's only going to be more fruitful and critical once this team joins the big 12. Cause then you have recruits in the state that realize power five conference, they can get just as, just as much exposure in the big 12 as in the big 10. Think about that. All right, so coming up on tomorrow's show, uh, we'll recap the game from tonight down in Tampa, the Bearcats and the Bulls. But there was also a a tweet um, tweeted out by my former colleague um, at iHeart Media, Lance McAllister, um, great friend of mine. I, I produced for him many times. He, uh, if you listen to Lance McAllister, he's phenomenal on seven hundred WLW Sports Talk. Reds Radio Network, but pregame and postgame, extra inside pitch, extra innings. So Lance tweeted something last night that fits right into my platform and my belief that this city is becoming a football town. He said this, and I will have this tweet for tomorrow's show. Lance said, I've often said I'm a product of the Reds Big Red Machine, age 9 through 10 in 1975-76. Never underestimate the power and impact of this Bengals season on kids 
and what it will mean for the future around this city. I'm going to tie that into something that um, University of Cincinnati Director of Athletics John Cunningham said in his introductory press conference just over two years ago. And why last year's Bearcats team could start something that this city needs. And I don't and I think no longer needs because I think it's going to happen. More on that tomorrow. As always, thank you for making us Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter, as you see, at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can also follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, and email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Bearcats and Bulls tonight, 7 Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. You can listen to the game locally on 700. WLW, Dan Horn, Terry Nelson with the call from the Yingling Center in Tampa. Recap of the game tomorrow, plus more on what Lance McAllister tweeted from the Bengals' opening night Super Bowl pep rally. And a whole lot more Thursday. Caroline Fenton joins me on Friday, host of Locked On LSU. Fun week it's been here on this podcast. Thank you as always for making us Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay positive, test negative. And for Locked On Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you tomorrow.